Hello everyone, I'm Emily and I'm here with my sister, our resident Lyme warrior. And before we get into the background of how Ashley found out she had Lyme, we thought it would be useful to fellow Lyme warriors to start with how she's currently coping in a COVID-19 world with Lyme disease. I'm afraid of what it will, since I do have shortness of breath because Lyme bacteria likes to live in the pulmonary sacs in your lungs. I get a little nervous that it would affect me. I know it would affect me a lot more severe than others, but I can say that I'm trying not to let hysteria take over because I think that's what's going to prohibit, since I'm in the middle of treatment, I think that's what's going to prohibit me from getting better. I'm right in the middle. <laughs> I'm not horrible and I'm not better. So the last thing that I want is something to come and attack my whole system and start back at square one. That would be the scariest thing for me. When the pandemic came into the U.S. and it started really ramping up, a lot of the health officials were saying, if you have a chronic illness or you've experienced X, Y, and Z, you should really be cautious. Did it even pop into your head at that time with having Lyme disease that it's something that you should be extra cautious about? It didn't. I thought maybe, of course, always just to be cautious in general, but I think it started to make me more nervous when the health officials were saying that if you have any compromised immune system or an autoimmune disorder, which now I'm considered to have that with Lyme disease, it did make me worry because I think they were finding out new things about the virus every day. And I didn't realize how bad it affected the upper respiratory system. That was probably the most frightening for me. I don't want to bring any lightness or silliness to this pandemic, but Lyme has made me very numb to a lot of things. It's affected my cognitive ability so much. I used to be like sharpest attack and like worried about everything. And it's almost one of the only, I guess I could say positive things that I can take away from Lyme that it's really kind of made me not as intense about things anymore. Like I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I really shouldn't be that way. I should be very nervous, but I can't get nervous anymore. It's like I've almost become um, just okay with what life has to give me. Yeah, because you would have been the person like years ago, literally making like three trillion masks. I mean, like everybody says, stays inside, nobody leaves ever. Oh yes, extremely dramatic. Like I'm in the arts, I'm a singer. I went to theater school, like <laughs> I am that person. But now it's like, I can barely comprehend on what's going on around me. Our mother was saying, put on a mask, you have to wear gloves. And I'm like, mom, it's fine. Like I'm gonna be okay. She's like, it's not okay. You have Lyme disease. And I'm like, oh, you know, I mean, that was never gonna be me, but I guess if I have to put any, you know, positivity or lightness into the situation is that I think it just, you felt so terrible before. So if you're like, I can get through that, I can get through this. You can stay positive in that. Any precautions that you feel that you've been taking with the seriousness of it now? Or do you think that you're more so just, you know, sticking to your Lyme treatment without adding on some of the additional guidelines that people are just doing in general for COVID-19? I think I'm being more aware. I've never been a face toucher or a handle toucher. I'm like one of those people that's always using my sleeve to open a door or, you know, using the top of my shirt to itch my nose. Like I never have been that person because I know that's how it's spread. It's droplets. It goes, it can go into any, your nose, your ears, all of that. So I think it's just really smart for anyone to not touch your face at all. I mean, this has literally been shown that it goes through your nose, eyes, and mouth. It's one of those things that I think I've been washing my hands so much. 
Uh, even more so now, I try to wear gloves. I'm not, I haven't been a big mask wearer yet, but I have a feeling that that's where we're headed to. But I definitely wear gloves and change them. I think people are forgetting to change their gloves. So, or if you have like a gl- pair of gloves that you have to put in the washer, you need to be like bleaching them with like hot water just because it's one of those things that people are wearing gloves and then keeping them on and then transmitting it into their car or onto their phone or under their keys. So I always have Lysol wipes in the car, hand sanitizer in the car. And if you don't have access to that, always just finding a place to wash your hands. I'm not going to the grocery store more than once every three weeks. I'm making it work. Whatever I have in the house, <laughs> it's going to work. I'm trying. Yeah, it's got to work. So I've been doing a lot of frozen vegetables and not only that, and trying to care for my grandmother, you know, who more in a compromised situation than me. She's a very healthy 79-year-old woman, but I still need to go to the grocery store for her. So I think that's what keeps me going. There's a bigger picture here. More so travel restrictions and stay-at-home orders. How has this affected your Lyme treatment? Because you do travel to see your doctor. So what has that been like over the past couple of weeks? Where I usually do my appointments in person with Dr. Cameron in Mount Kisco, New York. It's about 45 minutes away from New York City. It's very scary up there. So I had no other choice but to do a teledoc appointment. There was no way that I was going to be able to drive there and put myself at risk to contract something like that with how unfortunate the cases have been in that area. He actually is not accepting any in-person appointments because of how drastic it is in that area. So the teledoc appointment was very helpful as far as because I needed to continue my treatment. He needed to know what was going on with my symptoms if I had been affected by this pandemic or if I had contracted the virus. He was very worried about what was going on since we're in two different areas. He has patients all over the world. So he's used to teledoc appointments. But for me, it was something that was very new. And I think it's all very new for everyone to do everything virtually now. Do you think that people that you work with, your friends, your family, take it serious that you have Lyme disease during this pandemic? I think it's affecting everyone so drastically that I would say our mother is the only one that has really been aware of trying to keep me safe, more so than herself. And she suffers from asthma. So she's just as a compromised situation that I'm in. And so I'll be honest, even Bryce, you know, he just is, he's like, I know you would get through it. Like he is a positive person in that sense that he's like, we wouldn't, you would, nothing would happen to you. He doesn't want to think of the worst where I have to kind of do because I'm the one going through it. The scariest part for me is I still have to work in office. So even though it's nice to break up my day and not having to stay at home, it still is a worry that I have to come into an office with eight to 10 other individuals who I have no idea what they've come into contact with. At work, I try to stay at my desk most of the day. I only leave to use the restroom and I'm keeping hand sanitizer and Lysol on my desk and everything I come into contact with all the time just so I can be precautionary in that. You have just been able to kind of keep this normal mask on and go about continuing to work even though you're experiencing so many of these symptoms. So it is easier for people to just kind of brush it off because they look at you and may think that everything is okay. Dr. Cameron said one of the best things I think he could have ever, and I'm sure he says it to a lot of his patients. When I sat down and he officially diagnosed me, my blood test came back and my physical exam was done. He said, well, the good news is you're not dying. The bad news is you're not dying. 
<laughs> and it's true because you feel like you, you feel like you are dying inside is like your body's on fire and there's no water to put it out. You don't know how to control anything and nothing is worse than your brain not working and not, you know, responding as quickly as you're used to. I think when you see people actually struggle with Lyme, it's very scary because they can really get into their own heads because they're trying to make themselves feel normal again. And I think that's what I've struggled with in the beginning. And, you know, I still struggle with it every day. I've had a lot of bad days uh, this past week cognitively. It's just so exhausting that you don't know when it's bad. You just try to hope that it'll be over soon, that these cognitive episodes will that's the, the struggle of then the pandemic. And I think it's hard too, because you can't keep your mind busy. So I'm kind of thankful for work because I can focus, try to focus on other, you know, things that I need to do at work. I feel like when you're at home and you're stuck at home, people that are suffering with any different illness that they may be experiencing, you can really get in your head during this time because all you have is time. With this pandemic really ramping up, have you been discouraged at all with your treatment and being in the middle of your treatment that something like this could deter you from continuing to get better? Yes. I think that's probably the most frightening what I'm going through right now. I'm not necessarily worried about getting the virus. I'm more worried about what it's going to do in my process of getting better. So I am now on my sixth month of antibiotics. And the last thing that I want is to go backwards. I only want to keep moving forwards. So I think it's really discouraging and scary to know like, what does our world look like? And I know a lot of people feel like that. I'm just trying to stay positive as best I can and know that I got to keep continuing doing what I'm doing now in order to get better. And that's just keeping a positive mindset because I think if I get negative at all, it's going to deter me completely. The main reason for doing this podcast is to share your story with other people so that they don't feel alone. So do you have anything that you would like to say to other people experiencing Lyme disease during this pandemic? I think one of the biggest benefits of right now is time. So if whether you're starting out not feeling well, you're like, I'm not sure what's wrong with me and I can't get doctors to give me any answers. And now this is a very scary time for someone who may have contracted Lyme disease within the past couple of weeks or a month or you're just like starting to develop symptoms and you're not sure where they're coming from. And now you can't even see a doctor in person. I think you really need to start doing research for yourself and advocating for yourself. I know it's really hard with Lyme treatment. A lot of people can't read. I still can't read very well and comprehend it. So I do a lot of like audio tracks to read. That's the beauty of podcasts. Yes. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm very thankful for the podcasts that are out about Lyme currently, but it's just was so hard for me to follow because I felt like I couldn't connect with anything that they were discussing because there is so much information about Lyme. It's like you can, you're lost in this big swimming pool. That's exactly how I describe it. You are in the deep end of a huge resort swimming pool and there are hundreds and thousands of people around you with so much information and you feel like you can't breathe because wow. you can't comprehend. You can't comprehend what anybody's saying. You're like, what do you mean? You, there's 10 million different options for treatment. What do you mean that there's a whole nother holistic side and there's a whole nother, you know, antibiotic therapy side. And my biggest suggestion is just as best you can start to research for yourself. What, 
what helps you? I found that meditation and yoga and antibiotic therapy and diet change really have helped me. It's just in putting those into to action. I stay with my antibiotic therapy, but I, I'm not going to lie. I need a glass of wine every once in a while with dinner I, to make myself feel like human again. Mm-hmm. And I try not to, but I think we all have to take those little wins for ourselves for our sanity. We can't be perfect people all the time. It's just impossible. So I think more than anything is the support system that you have really lean on them during this time because it never feel like you can't call someone up. I would love to talk to everyone. I would. I mean, I think that's why I'm starting this podcast with you, sis, because if someone wants to call me up in the middle of night, 2 a.m., because they're freaking out, having anxiety attack, see, I'll start to get emotional again, because they have Lyme disease and they're going through treatment as well. Like, I want to talk to them too. Like, I know what that feels like. And you would have somebody that understands what you're going through. So I think more than anything, it's just make yourself more aware of how to help yourself because you're the only one that knows what makes you feel better. Watch out for our first official episode coming out next week where we start to dive into the beginning of Ashley's journey with Lyme disease. It was a long journey of misdiagnoses. 